The Daily Tap is live for Monday. We will talk about Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love scenarios. I will break that down after a surprising Jordan Love appearance after Rodgers' injury. We'll also talk about that porous Packer defense um, in questions at the bar and Golden Kegs. And then we'll get into the shocking Luke Fickle hire to Wisconsin, what it means for the Badgers, what it means for Jim Leonard, what it means overall in the college football landscape. We'll get into that. Uh, and if time, we'll talk about the Bucks successful November. Uh, but if we don't, we'll bump the Bucks to tomorrow. Uh, but before we get going, make sure you're following along on social media. Tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok. I also want to mention on Instagram, uh, this viral video, uh, it's almost at 50,000. It's the Aaron Rodgers talking about snapping the fucking ball. And it's, it's very funny because we have over, I think, 11,000 likes but we don't have that many comments. And everyone thinks that I bought my likes and that I should have bought my comments. I, they're just a weird section of the internet where they think everything is bought because you can't just build something organically or do it organically. Uh, but yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. I, it went viral. Uh, it's a few different times. Like now it's been crazy. Now it's like I, I go on Instagram and I have a hundred more likes. And now I'm starting to get some followers off it, which is great. And if you're new and you're checking out the podcast, that's fantastic. Uh, welcome in and hopefully you know those followers stay with it right it's not just not just a one-time thing but yeah it means i have to do more of those highlight videos um it's just one of the, it's hard it's you know it's hard to keep up right it's like what instagram wants is a little different than what tiktok wants and that's the name of the game and when you're doing this as a part-time hobby really um you sometimes don't have the time that you like to like mondays if i could if i could clear out mondays and just do content, I definitely would do that. But anyways, that's here and right there. Um, as mentioned on subscribing, rating, reviewing, uh, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, you guys know the deal. Uh, make sure that you're leaving those reviews, we'd really appreciate it. If you're new, uh, coming in from that Instagram video or coming in from something else, maybe the TikTok, maybe you saw us on Twitter, uh, make sure that you're uh, following along, Whatever, however you get your podcast, however it's served up to you. All right, let's waste some more time. Let's get into the Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers scenarios. Sports are a very weird thing, right? Uh, we see strange stuff happen that are correlated where it's almost like time is a flat circle and that nothing really changes. 15 years ago, almost on this exact date, Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre on a Thursday night game. It was on NFL Network. I remember I was a freshman in college and we were able to watch the game in the dorms because the dorms somehow had the NFL network. And we were in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, thought we were going to get it, weren't going to get it, but somehow we were one of the fortunate ones because the NFL network was not showing everywhere. And because we were out of the market, we weren't in Milwaukee or Madison or, or Green Bay for that matter, we weren't going to get the game. But we got the game in the dorms and we watched a young Aaron Rodgers take over for an injured Brett Favre and try to lead a comeback. Now, I can't tell you that night that I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I have friends who claim they do. I think they're full of shit, okay? Like, I, I really do. I, I think that game is kind of memory hold a little bit for all of us. Um, it was the week after Thanksgiving. Um, it was, you know, the pack, that Packer season was such a successful one. And I think it gets, there. there's stuff that just gets lost in the shuffle, right? And I think everybody will kind of remember this game as a where you are. 
it's not really about Green Bay's run defense. It's about what happened with Jordan Love and Jordan Love going 6-9 for 113 yards, hitting Christian Watson on a 63-yard touchdown catch. Now, granted, a lot of that had to do with Christian Watson, but Jordan Love found him, got him to his spot, and Watson took it the rest of the way. And that could be the future wide receiver quarterback combination of the next generation. And we all are speculating. And it is going to be a crazy day in the hot take world. There's going to be a lot, a lot of discussion around Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, and for good reason. Now, Aaron Rodgers has come out and said that until the Packers are mathematically eliminated, he is going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. That is not surprising to me. Aaron Rodgers had a rib issue. He doesn't think it's broken. Um, And as long as he gets a medical that's cleared to play, Aaron Rodgers will be out there against the Chicago Bears. There are many that are telling Aaron Rodgers to stop playing. That will only fuel his fire. Jordan Love playing well tonight will fuel Aaron Rodgers for the game against Chicago. I guarantee that, okay? But it is one of those things that you have to now think about the Jordan Love stuff a little bit differently. I was more adverse to it because I truly believe that Aaron Rodgers has something left in him, that there is that juice that still exists. I do not think we're at the point of 2007 Brett Favre. Like, I think people forget, like, Brett Favre didn't have a great 2006, and then he nearly MVP season in 2007. I agree with Mike Florio, which we talked about last week, about Rodgers needing to be all in on the next season. If he isn't, then the Packers have a real problem and they need to figure some stuff out. And that maybe the Packers gave too much of the reign to Rodgers and they need to start pulling it back. But can you bring that genie back in the bottle, right? The barn might already be loose here and they can't bring the cattle back in, however you want to use the analogies. But... Aaron Rodgers might not be a Packer at the end of at the end of this all. Um, we're going to talk about Rodgers' overreactions a little later, but I, I, I do wonder if this is the last year, if this is the last dance, and that Green Bay finds a way to get off his contract. It seems damn near impossible. I will not lie to you. Like I, I can't see a a reason why a team would take on and amass that much amount of money. But who knows? The NFL is a weird sport where the chance of winning, the you know, the goal of getting to the top might supersede, you know, conventional wisdom, right? And so could a team look at it and say, we want to roll the dice with Aaron Rodgers for essentially two or three more years and see what he has left in a tank? It's very possible. And, you know, the Jets are the obvious one. And we'll talk about that in the scenarios. But could we see a scenario? Could we see a situation where Aaron Rodgers is no longer a Green Bay Packer? Maybe. And I want to talk about these scenarios and I want to break down them individually and kind of what it means, where's the consequence, how could this you know look in the long run? Scenario number one is yes, Aaron Rodgers gets traded. A team decides to give Aaron Rodgers what he wants, kind of the Russell Wilson of it, and Rodgers is put in, in control. There aren't a lot of teams that would have the cap space and the money available to take on Aaron Rodgers' contract. I think Green Bay would have to get very creative if they were going to trade Aaron Rodgers. 
I also would imagine that the Packers want to trade Aaron Rodgers to the AFC, similarly to what they did for Brett Favre. And coincidentally, the team that probably makes the most sense is the New York Jets. The New York Jets are out on Zach Wilson. Mike White looked great today, but everybody looks good against the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense is very bad, maybe worse than the Packers. I think the over-under for Packers-Bears might be a 52 next week. I haven't looked at the look-ahead lines or anything like that. But, but in all seriousness, Mike White probably not going to be the quarterback of the future of the New York Jets. The New York Jets have two more years of Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson have a relationship. There could be a world where you sell yourself on the idea of Aaron Rodgers for two years to be Zach Wilson's mentor, to get Zach Wilson to where he needs to be. Now, granted, this is a number two overall pick. You expect him to be the guy, but maybe that's something you look at, or you look at Rodgers and then you start new, or and if Rodgers were to retire after 2023, maybe there's a shot at Caleb Williams in 2024 if it really goes off the rails because Caleb Williams to me should be everybody's interest if they want a quarterback and Caleb Williams might actually work against the Green Bay Packers as they you know seek out potential buyers and people who are interested in Aaron Rodgers. Tennessee is another team that comes to mind but Ryan Tannehill has a massive contract. I think you'd have to trade you know one for one and I don't think the Green Bay Packers want Ryan Tannehill right. Um, Trying to think of other real situation. I mean, Baltimore would be a very interesting one if they let Lamar walk, but if they let Lamar walk, then that again creates a really interesting market for the for Green Bay when it comes to trading Rodgers. It, there, there isn't much there, and there aren't a lot of available teams. And would Indianapolis really go back to the well for another old quarterback? I know Pat McAfee would probably sell Jim Irsay on it 100 times out of 100, but still, it's, it seems like you keep making the same mistakes. Like, why would you punch yourself in the dick again? But who knows? Uh, Indianapolis is a very unpredictable team. Jeff Saturday and Rodgers also have a relationship. They play together in Saturday's one year as a Green Bay Packer. So there, there's a, there is something there. Pittsburgh would be another one that you, you have to bring up, right? Could Rodgers be the mentor for Kenny Pickett and sell, sell that idea? There are, there are opportunities out there for Aaron Rodgers to be traded, but I just don't know if the contract allows it. I think 2024, it's a little more realistic, but at that point, Rodgers might just retire and ride off into the sunset. Let's talk about that. So if Aaron Rodgers retires, scenario two. Yes, that's, that's the best of all worlds. Uh, Packers have to deal with a lot of his dead cap, but maybe there could be a restructure. Maybe, maybe there could be an agreement to figure out how to basically make it less financially painful on the Green Bay Packers. I'm sure there's a way to do that. I'm sure it has been done before with the Drew Brees and the Ben Roethlisberger of the world. Now, granted, Roethlisberger and Brees did not have the contract that Aaron Rodgers has currently, but still, I have to believe that exists. Like, I, I can't I can't imagine there's a world where you can't figure some sort of contract dealing out with Aaron Rodgers, right? So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I doubt Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. I, I really do. I, I can't see a world where Aaron Rodgers goes out like this. He's too, there's too much of a ego to Aaron Rodgers for him to let a bad season end his career. He would make sure that he goes out on a high note. And he would try to have basically that far of 2007 year in 2023. And if he has that year, 
Maybe then Rodgers does, in fact, retire, or the Green Bay Packers move on. They figure out a way to get out of the Rodgers contract, and then it is officially Jordan Love time. The last one is that everything stays the course, and nothing changes. And they pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option in May and basically talk to Love about what this means. And it's a long time to be a backup, right? That is longer than really any first rounder. And maybe Jordan Love forces his way out. Maybe there are teams that are interested, you know, that look at Love and say, okay, that guy is actually the future of our team. And maybe a New York Jets or a Baltimore Ravens or a Pittsburgh Steelers come calling and say, hey, we'll give you assets for this guy. We're not really interested in Aaron Rodgers. We're not interested in the old bull. We're interested in the young calf. And I think that is another potential scenario. But I, I think a lot of fans would say today that trading Jordan Love or getting rid of Jordan Love would be a colossal, potentially franchise-altering mistake. And that sticking with Aaron Rodgers could sink the franchise for years to come. I wouldn't say that I'm on either side of that. I think there is value in trading Jordan Love. I think there, there's nothing wrong with that idea. The question, it, the question then becomes, what's your succession plan look like? One of the things that I was very critical about Brian Gunacoust with this season is that I didn't think he had a succession plan ready for Devontae Adams leaving. He didn't have that plan. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to go trade for A.J. Brown or we're going to make some sort of DK Metcalf or you name it, right? They were going to go out and try to get one. And if they didn't get one, they were going to make sure that they sign a couple of veteran receivers to pair with their young guys like Dobbs and Watson, who look like legitimate threats in a NFL offense. So that would be my concern or worry if they were to move off of love. If I had to rank these scenarios, if I had to just you know power rank what I think the Packers will do, I think scenario stay the course is probably the leader in the clubhouse. I would say it's like a minus 180 that Green Bay just acts business as usual. They pick up Love's fifth year and begin, you know, kind of bring in the process. And there's one more swan song for Aaron Rodgers. I think number two would be would be a trade. I don't I think retirement is all the way down at the bottom. All right. Like I think a trade would be number two. Again, I think to find that suitor would be really hard. The Jets are the obvious one. But again, do the Jets really want to adhere all that cost? And while I think they would love Zach Wilson to get a mentorship with Rodgers, do you really want to do that with your second overall pick? Is that worth the squeeze? Especially when his fifth-year option will be a significant amount of money because it's based on where you were picked. And then lastly, I, I have retirement, and I just don't see that happening. Um, and so I think it's something you shouldn't even talk about, honestly, if you're a fan, because Rodgers isn't going to go out just completely lost. He wants one last ride to glory. And whether it's with the Packers or another team, he is going to try like hell to get it. This throws a significant wrench in whatever Green Bay was planning. Jordan Love was very impressive tonight. And 
you have to now take a step back and really think through what does that succession plan look like? And since Green Bay botched the Devontae Adams one, I'm a little concerned that they will botch this too. Moving on to questions at the bar, we do this as kind of a regular segment now where I just ask a couple questions that I think I'd have a conversation at the Castle Inn, uh, which we will do a suburban bar review uh, from this weekend with Mitch and I, uh, by the way, or, and, you know, just what you would talk about with your buddies sitting down and having a couple cold ones. And the, the question really is, and it's, it's an easy one today. There, there isn't, there isn't a lot of, a lot of hard, hard stuff here. The question is what more does Matt LaFleur need to see with Joe Barry? Um, I don't, yeah, it's bad, right? Like this is pathetic. Like for all the good stuff about Jordan Love and how there was a potential glimpse into the future with the Love and Watson play, the Joe Barry defense was absolutely horrid in this game. The Packers gave up 367 rushing yards. It's one of the worst performances of all time for the Green Bay Packers in their history. The Eagles rushed, I think, for this, the most yards in their history. This is completely unacceptable. I said to Mitch last week on the podcast, I said, you have 10 days to prepare for this Philadelphia, Philadelphia offense, which we know we're good which we know were a offensive running machine. And Joe Barry didn't give a shit. Joe Barry stuck to his guns and did Joe Barry things. And everyone should be embarrassed. Matt LaFleur should be embarrassed. Brian Gunacus for letting Matt LaFleur hire his buddy, Joe Barry. While Evro um, on Denver has been fucking awesome. And it's just, it's such a disaster. And again, we did that podcast, I think two weeks ago, and now about a little too late with Amari Rogers, right? That it took basically a complete collapse for Green Bay to be like, all right, yeah, we finally are getting rid of Amari as not only a punt returner, but just as a third round pick. You now have Joe Barry, who shouldn't have had a job after Washington, right? Or one of those games to just sort Buffalo, I think would have actually been the one. And yet the Packers came back, made it respectable, had a good second half. So they're like, all right, we'll keep Joe Barry on. And it never got better. And so again, the Packers are going to be a little too late with this firing. Let Jerry Gray or Kurt Alavadi run this defense for the rest of the way, see how it goes, see what the differences are, and then try to bring Vic Fangio in here next year. Try to convince Vic Fangio to be the defensive coordinator, as long as he doesn't take the Stanford job, which a little... A little concerned about former Stanford guy, right? Um, maybe that's something he looks at as like he could be a Pete Carroll and just start doing start doing the college thing for a little bit and see if that leads you back to the NFL. But anyways, or or if Brandon Staley gets fired, right? And that's another guy. Um, and I know a lot of people want Jim Leonard, and I think we have to have a conversation about that one because I'm not sure on that. Um, I think that's. Mike Patton, Rex Ryan, Disciple, man. Like, didn't we do the Patton stuff? Didn't you guys not like Patton? But you want Jim Leonard because he's a Wisconsin guy? Like, it's it's one that boggles my mind a little bit. I, it's not to say Leonard can't do it because, I mean, Sean McVay had interest in him as well. So this isn't this isn't just the only, only team that expressed Jim Leonard interest at the NFL level, and maybe he'll have more. And I, I was saying on Twitter yesterday, 
Like, I love Cincinnati's defense. I like Tennessee's defense. Like, those are guys that, that – those are coaching staffs that I would look to and say, all right, how do we get that in our room? Like, what do we do? Is that draft and develop? Is that signing guys? Is that just coordinators and the way they coach everything up? Because that's what I'd be looking for. And you have to get rid of Joe Barry. You can't seriously go into next week with Chicago and say, we're going to do the same fucking thing. It just can't happen. And maybe they'll wait till the bye. But you can get embarrassed by the Bears run defense, to, run offense too. Justin Fields could run as wild as Justin Hurt, as Jalen Hurts did today. So I, I don't feel great about it right now. And if Joe Barry has a job for another week, it's a slap in the face to every Packer fan that's out there. It really is. Like, I, not even being dramatic right now. It's a slap in the fucking face because we've all seen enough. We, I, again, I don't know how much more Matt needs. Matt has all the evidence right there. He just needs to kick Barry out and move on. And I know it's your friend, but fuck your friend. Okay? Seriously. Like, it's time. And we all know it. And yes, there's a slimmer hope you could make the playoffs. It's very slight, but you still could. And maybe the, the thing you have to do is pull that ripcord on your friend, Joe Barry. The other question, did the last touchdown in the first half change the entire game? It's a very solid question because to set the scene, Green Bay was tied 20-20. Uh, Philly's driving. Philly's likely going to get a field goal. At mo- or a field goal attempt, really, because it was it was probably a 50-some yard field goal. Jake Elliott had not been good from deep f- deep range until he hit one late in the game, and he's a very clutch kicker, and Jake Elliott did, did just that. That said, if the Packers are able to stop Jalen Hurts on a deep ball to... I think it was Quez Watkins. And Rasul Douglas just stops. Like all Rasul Douglas has to do is just plant his feet and then he's going to make a play on the ball. But he runs too far. Quez Watkins gets the ball, scores a touchdown. It was demoralizing for Green Bay. And then they obviously struggle out the gates in the second half. It took a while for the scoring to happen, but Philly all of a sudden would go back up by two scores and Green Bay would never... Never really get close. They never sniff back to that 2020 margin. And so I do wonder, had you just held to a field goal, even if it was 23-20, I think you still feel like you're in this game. And the Packers put themselves in these bad situations all the time. It goes back to Joe Barry and the preparation. And what does Joe Barry actually do during the week? And I, I think I said it somewhere where it's like, I think he just spins on a chair all day. Like, I just think he he's basically mailing it in and being like, all right, yeah, this is our scheme. This is what works. And, yeah, I, I mean, I can't blame Joe Barry for everything, but also the sloppiness, the missed tackles. Like, that's shit you need to work on, man. That's that's your shit. And it was, it was awful. Um, and hopefully Joe Barry is done here because I don't know how much more longer I can take. And I know it's, I know how it will probably play out. It will be another week and then they'll fire him on the bye week. And then, you know, the rest of the way, it'll be some interim defensive coordinator and the search for the next DC will be on from there. Moving on to Golden Kegs. We do this every week. We talk about the best and worst Packers uh, going from five kegs to one keg. 
Uh, five kegs to Jordan Love. You have to go Jordan Love. I mean, the guy comes in there. He just starts slinging it. I think Chris Collinsworth was really impressed. I was really impressed. That was not the Jordan Love I watched against Kansas City last year. Uh, another hostile environment. I, I feel like one of my bummers with Jordan Love so far in his career is he, he's never played in a home game. Like He's never played at Lambeau in a regular season. All of it's been on the road. All of it's been in tough environments, Kansas City and Philadelphia. Now, he was in Detroit, too, so I, I guess I shouldn't count that. But, yeah, I, I liked what I saw, man. I thought it was really special. And the fact that he gave the Packers a chance multi, on multiple drives. One, obviously, was more Christian Watson-aided, who's another five-star we'll talk about. In, or five-keg, excuse me. We'll talk about that in a second. But... It, it was also the second drive, right? Yeah, it didn't result in touchdown, but it was all in points. And that's that's more than you can ask for, especially out of a backup who you have high hopes for. And I'm, I'm excited. And it, I think everybody is. And you should be. Other 5K guys mentioned, Christian Watson. Guy continues to dominate. Four catches, 110 yards. Most of that on that 63-yard run. But there, there's a lot of absurd Christian Watson stats that are, are being floated around right now. Like he is an absolute machine and he is just quick as hell. And it looked like, oh, that was going to be a, I don't know, 20, 30 yard reception. He took that motherfucker straight to the house. Guy has burners. And the Love-Watson combination is one that I think a lot of people are hoping will be the future of this team. And it was fun to watch. And Christian Watson continues to put on a show. And it looks like he is going to be wide receiver one for this team next year. And he might already be. And now you get Romeo Dobbs back probably next week, which will be great. And Dobbs and Watson plus Lazard, it'll be fun to see what they can do full strength. Granted, Dobbs come back from an injury. But regardless, it'll still be a really fun sight to see because you haven't seen it all year. Uh, Packers, wide receiver-wise, have been pretty banged up throughout the season. So that that will be great. But yes, um, definitely a five keg for Christian Watson. Four kegs, Keyshawn, Nixon. Packers might have something in the return game. Uh, Keyshawn took a couple back uh, to about the 50. I actually think he breaks the last one if, uh, I think his name was Wallace, doesn't go back and tack, take him down. Like I think that might have been a house call for Nixon. It's just refreshing to have a kick returner and a punt returner who can actually make plays. Um, it's been a long, long time coming. And if that's something Nixon can do on a regular basis, they need to keep him around. They need to make sure that this, his one-year deal is not just a one-year deal in Green Bay, that he will be a Packer for a, a little bit longer I realize that they may, they might have made that mistake with Rasul Douglas. I think it's a little different when you're an awesome special teams player. It is all right defensively too, but yeah, the special teams are what it's all about. Another four keg goes out to AJ Dillon. I've been critical of AJ Dillon in the past. I've I've mentioned him as Door County Dillon. I don't know if I mentioned him as Plodzilla, uh, which is a Packer Twitter thing. But yeah, AJ looked great tonight. Eight carries, 64 yards. He had a few catches through the air as well. Uh, three catches for 24 yards on four targets. So all around a really good night for AJ Dillon. It's something we have not seen from him uh, this year. It's been sporadic, right? It's kind of like, 
oh yeah, I remember I'm pretty good at this. Um, but and so that was cool. And Dylan played well, and you need him. You need him well during the winter months. Uh, he's an absolute bruiser of the back. Can wear wear guys down, and I think there more is needed. And I wonder if that split, that snap split, will shift more towards Dylan. It was twelve and eight between Jones and Dylan. Jones also got targeted th- four times, which also lines up with Dylan. Uh, so yeah, I I'd be, I'll be curious to see what that looks like. You know, as the months get colder and Green Bay can rely more on a guy like Dylan. I still don't know if Dylan can be a running back on his own. I think he needs that shifty, speedy back. The question will be is it will be an Aaron Jones or will it be another young guy? Because again, Aaron Jones' contract, not ideal after this season. So we'll, we'll wait and see on that. Other keg award winners, Kingsley Mbare, he gets a three keg. I like Mbare, I, I, like, I don't want to compliment a lot of the defense tonight. They gave him 40 points and they looked bad doing it. I'm not going to be super complimentary of that defense, but Embargo, he really does a good job getting to the quarterback, laying the lumber, uh, being in on every play. I'm all in on this. Like I, I think he is going to be a game wrecker for them going forward. I think having him, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, is going to be tremendous uh, for Green Bay next season. Uh, it also probably helps for Gary that he doesn't necessarily have to rush back onto the field with another guy going. Um, their depth has definitely grown in this category because of Kingsley and Barge, which you have to give Brian Gunacus credit for, that he was able to get this guy and he definitely, definitely, you know, made it work. And I'm appreciative of it because it does seem like Green Bay got another late round steal in Embargo. And look forward to seeing him next week. I could argue next week for a lot of these guys might be easier with fields because now it's two straight weeks. But then again, I thought 10 straight, day, 10 straight days to prepare for Philly would have you ready, but I guess fucking not. Uh, two kegs to the Rodgers overreactors. So I think the people who are like, Rodgers needs to sit, or this was Rodgers' last game. Like, there's a really fucking dramatic tweet from some guy who, who does a lot of content creator, similar to me. Probably, I think, has more followers. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. You know, this shit happens. Let's see here. Where is he? Hate to be the one to tweet it, but there's a chance we saw Aaron Rodgers last play as a Green Bay Packer. Like, settle the fuck down. Like, absolutely. Just, there's just way too much of that, right? Like, there's way too much, like, oh my God, you need to... You just got, yeah, you just got to sort of, sort of tone it down. It's not, it's not that seriously. Um, it's, you have to just chill. And then I see Zach Krause and this guy's retweeting a lot of it. And he's like, Packers are mathematically eliminated, but it's a perfect opportunity to play Jordan Love the rest of the way. You're soon to be 90, 39 year old has two bad injuries. Your 2019 first round pick led two or three drives. 12 will fight it, but it's time. No, listen, it's it's not it's not time. You have to let Aaron Rodgers dictate this. I, you've given him all this money. You've told him that you believe in him. If you didn't believe in him, you should have traded him to fucking Denver in, in the Russell Wilson package. That should have happened instead, but you didn't. 
You rode with this guy and you need to finish it off. You can't just abandon ship here. It's not that simple. It's not fucking Madden, okay? As much as, you, as, much as people want it to be, it's not, all right? And so Rodgers is going to ride this bitch out till he, till he can't. And I know that's going to piss a lot of you off. But let me tell you, we would have been clamoring for Rodgers in 2006. Packers were 4-8, exact same situation. They ended up railing off four straight wins, and they were 8-8 eight and eight to finish that year. Brett Favre started all those games. The Ironman streak for Brett Favre obviously is still alive during that time. I'm sure people clamored for Rodgers, but we really didn't have Twitter. Favre kept playing. Rodgers stayed on the bench. That's probably what's going to happen here unless the Packers were to you know, lose out. And the Packers were to, say, lose to Chicago 4-9. You'd pretty much be on death's doorstep, especially after the bye. And then maybe that would be the Jordan Love time on Monday night at home against the Los Angeles Rams. We'll have to see. And I think the overreactors just need to take a, a step, a little step back. Like, just chill out just a minute. It's not going to just change overnight. Like, there, there's a lot of layers to this one. One keg, obviously, the run defense. Fucking awful, man. Um, one of the worst things I've watched in a long time. I love great offensive line play. I used to play offensive line. I'm sure I've told you that, guys, this. But when it gets when another team takes it to your team like that and they just pound, 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 it is so defeating. I didn't feel good at all that the Packers could get a stop. I'm pretty sure that's why they went for an onside kick. Try to see if they could basically keep their timeouts and recover the kick. Didn't work. Uh, and the Eagles went on to win because the Packers could not get a stop when they needed it the most. They also couldn't get a stop all fucking game. So, yeah, run defense, terrible. Uh, other one keg, Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas, I, oof. There's a lot of worries that the Packers might have got bamboozled with Rasul. And if they did... That's another strike against Brian Gutekunst. And I think Devondre Campbell is the opposite. I don't think he got hoodwinked there. But it's not looking good for Rasul. And maybe he's being exposed a little bit more because there's an Eric Stokes out there. And it's finally starting to show through. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was a rough game for Rasul. I know he will try to bounce back against Chicago. All right. Let's shift gears slightly. We'll stay in the football realm, but we will go to college to talk the Badgers and Luke Fickle. Wisconsin stunned the college football world by hiring Luke Fickle on Sunday. Luke Fickle is now the Badgers' newest coach, and I don't think any of us could have seen that coming. I assumed it was Jim Leonard. I'm actually mad that Mitch, our po my podcast host, our co-host, basically had this take that Leonard wasn't the guy. Um, it was something we didn't work into a show, which is our bad. Uh, our Monday show was pretty crowded. But basically, Mitch had, had a whole take about how he really didn't think Jim Leonard deserved the job. And I thought it was such an interesting zag because so many people were just penciling him in as the next Badger head coach. And Braylon Allen said, basically, if Jim Leonard's here, I'm here. And now that it obviously raises questions about Braylon Allen and a lot of other Badgers, with the transfer portal looming in the next week. I guess what I will say first and foremost is that Luke Fickle brings the exact attitude you want for the Wisconsin Badgers. 
He wins. He wins gritty. He's tough. He puts together rosters that make sense and that are talented, right? Cincinnati had the third most guys get selected in last year's NFL draft behind Georgia and LSU. That's how good Cincinnati was last season. Sauce Gardner is potentially a defensive rookie of the year. If it's not Sauce Gardner, it might be his counterpart, Kobe Bryant, playing for the Seattle Seahawks, right? That's good. Desmond Ritter probably deserves a shot with Atlanta, but they're riding Mariota into the ground. Luke Fickle has a chance to bring that to Wisconsin. And I don't think Jim Leonard would have the same. The Badgers have been stuck in a little bit of a rut for the last couple of years. We've discussed this at length. And they needed somebody to shake it up. And that is what Luke Fickle is going to do. And Barry Alvarez came in with no ties to Wisconsin in 1990. And Barry built this thing from the ground up. Now Luke Fickle doesn't have to do that. It's already built. It's there. But now what he needs to do is convert sort of the batter from being a second-tier team to being part of that elite conversation every year. What we see with Penn State, right? It might make people mad that Penn State, I don't think, has beat a ranked team. They don't really have any good wins, but they're a top-10 team right now, right? That's what Wisconsin should be. Even if the wins aren't pretty, even if the wins aren't great, Wisconsin should be near the top every year and every year out. And that's what Luke Fickle can bring. And his brand of football is perfect for Wisconsin. I don't worry too much about the transition from the American Conference to the Big Ten. I think that Fickle will do just fine. I I think that he has been in the Big Ten mud before, coaching at Ohio State, both as a special teams coordinator and taking over the program, similarly to Leonard, actually, weirdly. And he didn't get the job, or that went to Urban Meyer, but he stayed on staff for Urban Meyer as his defensive coordinator. Then he got the job at Cincinnati, and the rest is history, as the kids would say. So Fickle can basically come in and make that imprint early and often. There will always be worries about him potentially boating, uh, bo- him leaving for Ohio State. But I don't know if that's a concern until Ryan Day were to leave or to get fired. I don't think they're firing Ryan Day after an 11-1 season. I do think the fact that they get, keep getting bullied by Michigan worries them going forward, and they need to figure that out. And they thought it was a defensive coordinator. They thought it was the motivation. It didn't really work. Part of me wonders is if Ohio State's brand of football does not work in the cold weather, that they are a warm weather team playing in a cold climate. I realize the weather was nice yesterday, but also they did not know how to handle adversity at all. Looks like a bunch of young Matt LaFleurs out there. Like they were very, very tight. But again, I don't think this is enough to cost Ryan Day his job unless it continues for a couple years. And then in that case, Will they go after Luke Fickle? And will Luke Fickle turn turn them down? Probably not, right? That seems like the ample opportunity for Luke Fickle. And Wisconsin is just the next step for him his return to Ohio. But we'll have to see. Maybe Ryan Day turns around and it's Day and Fickle for years to come. And game day is coming back to Badgers versus Buckeyes. And the vibes are immaculate, right? 
but now it's going to take time and it's not a full rebuild for Luke Fickle, but it's it's going to be a slight rebuild and I'll be curious to see who he brings over from Cincinnati, whether it's guys in the transfer portal or guys who, re, who were recruited by Fickle to Cincinnati, will they come join him? Brady Dobash is the one that I think everybody is on everybody's radar. He's a four-star quarterback from the Detroit or from the Michigan area. I don't think he's from Detroit. But that's the one that I think everybody wants to be a Badger. And if that happens, it's a big step forward. Because you obviously have the player reaction, which has not been good. Uh, I guess it was very emotional when Fickle met the team. As pointed out, it's their third coach in it, this year. Matt LaPay actually, I thought, summed it up really well, saying how much this Badger team has went through and almost like give it a break, like don't be too hard on these guys. And I know Matt LaPay, Matt LaPay who I, I do respect and does a great job, like don't get me wrong, but he is like chief water carrier. I mean, he kind of asked me, he's the director of broadcasting for Badger Sports, but here, here's what he says. One more thing, these players have gone through a lot this year. Now meeting with their third coach, many of them lost a good friend to a senseless acts of violence, Devin Chandler, remember, former Badger, now of Virginia, who passed last week in that tragic shooting. They lost the running backs coach who they loved, another one who passed away, unfortunately. They've played on. I imagine the motions are raw. Hope we can can respect that. Absolutely. There are players that are going to be very mad today. But after talking to Coach Fickle and after figuring out what, what the future looks like at Wisconsin, they might feel a lot differently come Friday. Braylon Allen could go. And if he does, so be it. Here's the thing. You're not getting guys like Luke Fickle very often. That is not a job. That's not something that just happens overnight. Like he is not a flash in the pan guy. He's not like getting, it's not like getting Sean Lewis from Kent State. Kent State's not even that good this year, but Kent State runs a very innovative program that I think a lot of people will clamor towards. But that's, that's not what they're getting, right? They're getting one of the best coaches in recent football who had Marcus Freeman under his staff, who now is coaching at Notre Dame. And that's that's too hard not to take advantage of. And so, yes, Braylon Allen is going, is going to be upset. A lot of these other guys, Torchio, uh, Nick Herbig, they all could leave, right? And let Luke Fickle figure it out and go down to the studs. And if that's what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. And that's the price you pay with new coaches. And I'm sure Fickle will try to convince Jim Leonard to stay. I don't know if he will. Maybe at least to start. But I'm sure this has to be heartbreaking for Jim Leonard. He got a chance to coach his alma mater. And his alma mater basically told him no. Because we have someone better in mind. And I'm sure his head's spinning. And I don't know if they beat Iowa and then they beat Minnesota. Is Leonard the coach right now? Because they're in the Big Ten West title game. If that's the case, I believe. And... Yeah, I I have to wonder that. That will always be a what if. But Jim Leonard just didn't do enough. And the undisciplined, the undisciplined nature of Wisconsin football, which has been a problem the last couple of years, reared its ugly head on Saturday. That was an embarrassing way to finish against Minnesota. 
And I think that sent the message that he's not ready to be a be a college football coach. He he can be a coordinator, but he can't be a coach. And that was, I think, the message sent. Now, granted, I think the fickle thing was already done, but still, it's it's just one more sort of umph towards fickle. Now, do I think fickle should try to retain Jim Leonard? Absolutely. He should try to resonate with him that look. I was in your position. It was a little different because it was a full year, but I stayed on to work with Urban. It was great. It helped my career. I can work with you. I can help you in whatever you felt went wrong. I can watch the tape and give you that feedback. Like I, I think they just need to be supportive here. And I think it can happen. And I think this is a bright day for Wisconsin because it goes away from the norms. And sometimes they're a little stuck in their ways. And this isn't one of them. And Chris McIntosh is really building something here and trying to make sure that Wisconsin is on national prominence level. That'll do it for today's show. I, I did not get to the Bucks. We'll talk about the Bucks tomorrow. We'll do maybe some college basketball too. It's a little late for a topic. And truth be told, you boys are running out of steam a little bit. So that's why we are going to call it. I did like the window against Dallas and Cleveland this weekend, so I can I can go that far. All right, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Maybe we have a Joe Barry firing. Maybe we don't. Uh, we'll again, as mentioned, talk about the Bucks. We'll also talk a little college hoops. Uh, where where does Marquette sit after Feast Week? Where does Wisconsin sit after it as well? Kind of loosely preview Marquette Wisconsin. Um, I'll be going to Marquette Baylor on Tuesday night, so I'll, I can give you guys some feedback on that. Um, and then, yeah, Mitch and I, Thursday night, so we'll go up for Friday show. So we'll have a Friday show with Mitch and I. Uh, we're a little all over the place the last couple of weeks, so apologize for that. But it's price to do business. Mitch has a show. Oh, Mitch has a show tonight. This is, I should have promoted this at the Open. It's Go See Garden Home. They're playing at the X-Rate Arcade. If you're into that type of music, go check them out on Spotify. If you don't know the type of music that Mitch plays. But, yeah, it's, it's in Cudahy. Uh, so go check the boys out if you're basically extending your Thanksgiving break to one just like week-long bender, which if you are, God bless. Uh, that's that's your choice. It's not my choice. I was a little run down today, but what are you going to do, right? It's all in spirit of good fun. All right, guys. Take care of yourself. Have a great Monday. As good of a Monday as you can. It's probably going probably gonna to suck, but have a good one. I, I believe in you, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, see you. Bye.